Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. This series that we're in called Recalculating, When Plans Change, (laughs) this is the last of our parts on this, and we've talked about the reality that our plans do change, and sometimes God changes our plans, and that's okay. And sometimes our plans are changed because we've made a stupid decision or a bad decision. I actually kind of enjoyed that one. I saw a raise of hands. How many of you ever made a bad decision, you know, that caused a big change in plans, and we all raised our hands. It's like, oh man, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. But uh, today we're going to talk about uh, kind of a, 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 an offset of that is, is that a lot of times plans change, whether it's our fault or someone else's fault or, or God just changed our plans. And it's really, really, really easy to get offended when plans change because we have it set in our mind that this is where it's going to go. And if you're like me, and a lot of people here are business owners, and, and, and you're kind of the, the kind of guy that, you know, you got to get the ball, you know, keep moving the ball down the line, and you got to get the ball to the end zone, and, and you know, you got your plan all figured out, and a plan changed, and it's really easy to get offended and get upset because, no, that's not the way it's supposed to go. You know, um, it's real easy to, it's real easy to, in this whole coronavirus thing, to, to see other people, and their plans haven't changed, but your plan did change. And you get offended about that. You know, you, you, you lost your job, but the other guy next to you didn't lose his job. Well, that's not fair. Well, you're right. And now you're looking for a job, and that's, that wasn't part of your plan. And it's easy to get offended by that. Or you look on Facebook. Don't look on Facebook, but you look on Facebook, and, and uh, everybody else is having a good time. You know, they're, they're somewhere, and they're celebrating, and, you know, you're stuck in your house, or you can't go out. Or they look like they're all doing something. How come everybody else is doing something, but not me? I'm not doing something. And that's not fair. Or the plans have changed. I was supposed to go on vacation this summer. Let me see a raise of hands. How many of you had a vacation plan this summer that you canceled? Did you? So, okay, I had a vacation plan this summer that we canceled. My, my in-laws, was it their, is it going to be their 50th? Is that what it was? Their 50th anniversary. And, uh, um, <laughs> and uh, they were taking the whole crew to Cayman Islands this summer. That was the plan. And you say, you go to the Cayman Islands, even with your in-laws? Well, it is the Cayman Islands. <laughs> I put up with the in-laws for the Cayman Islands. Uh, but that's, that totally canceled. I mean, rescheduled? No, not rescheduled, like canceled. Uh, the in-laws are just going to you know, go by themselves somewhere. So uh, we're having a staycation, I guess, this year. But, but our plans get changed. They do. And it's really easy to get offended by. It's just, it just, it's just this part of life, and, and I lost my job, or I'm not feeling good, or I can't see my family, or, or things didn't work out that we were supposed to, supposed to go. And, and uh, I, I did this. I put in all these years at the comp- company, and no one thanked me, and now I lost my job. Or I helped out and, and no one appreciated me. And it just, it's, that's, that's the way it is. It's so easy to just be offended. You know, uh, uh, let me say this. There's so many people serve at this church, and I appreciate all the people that serve at this church. This week, we started our summer camp program, and, and there's just a lot of kids here, and a lot of you volunteer. And I, I just appreciate it. You know, I, uh, 
I get myself in trouble if, if I'm going to try to start saying thank you to people because there's too many people to say thank you to that I, I won't get everyone's name and I'll, I'll get myself in more trouble for skipping someone. But, but those of you that serve here at the church, let me just say this. You serve, you serve your risen Savior, okay? And your applause ought to be in heaven, right? The Bible says if you're looking for applause and you're looking for thank you here on earth, what do you get? You get your applause and thank you here on earth. And you're going to get to heaven and say, hey, Jesus, look at all the work I did. I served you. I did all these great things at my local church. And God's going to say, yeah, but you are more concerned about someone patting you in the back down there on earth that you got your pat on the back, you know? <laughs> church, here's what I'm looking for. When I serve, when I serve my risen Savior through my local church, I'm looking for a well done from my heavenly Father. I'm not looking for a pat on the back here at my local church, right? And you have that attitude here at this church. It's just a giving, serving, willing attitude to be part of it. And so many of you just, just give and give and give in your time. And, and you do so much. And you're making a difference for all of eternity. I think that's just, that's just wonderful. Good for you. But with everything that's going on, with the whole coronavirus and everything, a lot of those plans have changed. There's a lot of things we haven't done this year. We didn't do Easter. We didn't do Mother's Day. We, you know, canceled all of our services for a few months. And and a lot of stuff hasn't started back up again. And there's just a lot of ways. Man, I was all set for that. It didn't work the way I was supposed to be. I want to take your Bible. If you've got a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, look in your verse sheet. We're going to look at a, a book in the Bible that really is a great book for dealing with how you communicate with other people. It's the book of James. It's all the way over in the right side. It's a really small book. And if you kind of imagine the guy who wrote this, his name is James. I kind of envision James in, in farmer alls, you know, in a flannel shirt. This is the kind of guy he is. And and he, he just does a really good job about talking about um, what we need to learn as far as communicating and dealing with other people. The book of James is, is a great book for that. So if you've got your Bible, or we'll put the verses up on the screen, you can follow along. But, but we're going to talk today about what to do when you get offended, okay? And how to react, and what, how do you deal with being offended. Very, very important. And listen, guys, if you'll lean into this, if you'll, if you'll get this, if you'll take some notes and you'll pay attention, you'll watch this you're going to learn some stuff that just may save you a ton of aggravation, okay? Because your plans are going to change and you are going to get offended. Well, let's see what the Bible has to say about what do I do, how do I deal with it when things just don't go the way I thought they were going to go and I get offended. James chapter 3 in your Bible, take a look at verse 5. I'll read a few verses here. It says this, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts as great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. Verse 6, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. Verse 8, I want you to get this. If you've got a pen, underline these first six or seven words. But the tongue can no man tame. Oh boy. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. So, so you, can, you, can, you can curve it a little bit. You can, you can manipulate it a little bit. But you'll never have total success in truly taming your tongue. Because it says no one can do it. It's just not possible. So, so this book, this whole book of James, we won't read the whole book, the whole chapter here for the sake of time. But, but it just says no matter how careful we are, the reality of the fact is no matter how careful you are, you are going to offend someone else with your communication. You, you will. You are going to offend people. Why? Because look what James says. He says the tongue no one can tame. You, you may bend it a little bit. You may curve it a little bit. You may help it a little bit. But you can't master it all the time, 100% of the time, all the time. And so the reality of the fact is you are going to offend someone with the way you talk, the way you act, what it is. We've got to be careful because we are going to offend people. Now, 
I, it's easy for me to say that because I'm the pastor of the church. And you know what? The one person in this room, the one person in this room that will offend the most people in this church is going to be me. All right? Why? Because I have to get up here every Sunday, and, there, and there's one of me, and there's a lot of you, and, and it, you know, all, all points lead to me. <laughs> and so I will be the one. This is actually talking to preachers here, saying, you know what? You're going to offend people with your mouth. Just why? Because you use your mouth an awful lot. I mean, right now, we're all sitting here together, right? And we're all in this room, and there's one guy talking, right? So good or bad, on purpose or unintentionally, we're going to offend people, and it's just going to happen. And the second thing I see here from this, I think you need to write this down, the reality is that we will be offended sometimes. Sooner or later, you're going to be offended. So not only is it true that you're going to offend people, but the reality of the fact is you are going to get offended. And, and if I saw a raise of hands, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but, but how many of you have ever been, you know, offended by someone else? Well, every hand in this room would go up. And you'd say, well, absolutely, I've been offended. Someone said something. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You ever have that? Just kind of, nah, I just don't like how that person said that. And, and say, well, I'm a Christian, you know. I should never get offended because I'm a Christian. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. Well, well, I go to Dayspring. I just can't believe I got offended. Someone said something and they go to Dayspring. Church, that's not an excuse either. Don't, don't ever hold that. Don't ever say, well, that person goes to Dayspring. I can't believe they said that. <laughs> you are going to be so, so rudely disappointed just by coming to this church because of that. Why? Because we're all human beings in this room, and, and my Bible says the tongue no one can tame, and that includes Dayspring Church, right? It just, there's no, we just can't do it. It's just the reality of fact. Well, they go to Dayspring. They should know better. Well, maybe they should, but just the reality of fact is, is we're just human beings here in this room, right? Last time I checked, last time I checked, and I could be wrong, last time I checked, our church is a hospital, right? This is not a courtroom. This is a hospital. People, and many of you, come to this church looking for help. A lot of you that struggle with addictions have come to this church to find help, and many, many, many of you have found help, which tells me what? We've all got some rough edges. We've all got some things to work on. And, and if you're looking for the perfect church, you have not found the perfect church. Now, I, I can give you some suggestions on some perfect churches in the area. You can probably go look at a perfect church, I guess. I don't know. I, I'd recommend you don't go to a perfect church because if you go, you, you'll spoil it, and it won't be a perfect church anymore. But I just don't know, I just don't know any church that's out there doing stuff that's, that's a perfect church people just don't get offended on. Uh, Jenny Carpenter, are you here somewhere? Jenny Carpenter. Jenny Carpenter, your dad's a pastor of a, of a very well-known church and a large church. Is, is your dad's church a perfect church? No. She says very confidently, is your dad a perfect, perfect preacher, perfect guy? Close, but he's more perfect than I am. That's a big church that, that her dad pastors, and it's a very well-known church her dad pastors, and it's not perfect either, and he's been in the ministry probably 40-something years or so, I guess, yeah, and, and he hasn't got it figured out yet either. It's just not perfect, right? It's just the way it is. It just, it's not only are you going to offend people, but people are going to offend you, but, but here's a cool thing that we're going to see here today is, is there, there are guidelines. This book has guidelines about how to curb the effects of when when we're offended with our communication. So this book has got an answer that says, listen, when, when that happens, here's some things that can help it. And listen, church, if you're serious about building relationships, you're serious about, about building friendships, and, and, and you're serious about it, then we need to look at this book. We need to look at this book of what do I do, what do I say, when someone kind of rubs me the wrong way, when it kind of goes the wrong thing, when, when someone says the wrong thing, I need to look at this book because I want to know how to react when I get offended. And I think it's just a big deal. I think communication is a big deal. And I think when he's talking here, what we're going to look at today, I think it's not just talking about this right here, but it's also talking about our communication here. 
Because nowadays we're doing a lot more of this, aren't we? A lot more texting, a lot more typing, a lot more Facebook, all that kind of stuff. We're doing more of that. And so our communication, just in the big picture, is a big deal. How I communicate, how I come across, the way I, the way I look, the way I act, the way I present myself. You know? Do you ever think about that, people walking into a room? Do you, ever have, do you ever know someone? Do you know someone that when they walk into a room, they just put a smile on everybody's face and, and they're just like, like a little bit of sunshine that comes in the room? Do you know someone like that? Right, we all know someone like that. I think of, uh, I think of uh, uh, Joe Mannion. So all of you know Joe Mannion. Joe and Carrie just moved to the Carolinas, got a job transfer. We're going to miss them so much. They, they had done so much at this church. They, they were behind the scenes. Never needed a pat in the back, never needed applause. They just worked with the kids' program, and, and Joe taught some Sunday school classes. Just a wonderful couple. They moved uh, for work, and we're going to miss them. But when Joe walked into a room, did you ever see Joe down? Did you ever see Joe sad? Did you ever see Joe, like, just bringing a rain cloud in with him? No. It's like, it doesn't matter how long his day was at work. doesn't matter how much, many things he'd gone through. doesn't matter how tough things were. Joe was just smiling and had a, a spring in his step and just kind of walked in, and, and he just felt, like, refreshed. It's like... Ah, everything's going to be okay because Joe's here, you know? But we all know the other kind of person, the opposite of that, right? We know someone that walks in with a rain cloud, and you just know that person. You walk in, you're like going, oh, please, Lord, help them just to leave, you know? <laughs> you know, I just, I just don't want to talk to that person. You know, you don't talk about, and they come in, and it's just, it's gloom and doom, and how are you? Well, I, I guess I'm okay, you know? And you're like, ah, really? So how we communicate, how we present ourselves, how we portray ourselves, The Bible has a lot to say about that communication because we're communicating something. We're communicating that we're Christians. We're communicating that we've got the joy of the Lord. We're communicating that we're down. We're we're communicating different things. And the Bible says, listen, it's really important that Christians just learn how to communicate because you are going to offend people and you're going to get offended. So the big question to ask today is, and Pastor, so if if this is something that we ought to spend time on, uh, what do I do when I'm offended? Okay? Because we could spend all day talking about how not to offend people, but the reality is you're going to get offended. So what do I do when I get offended? When someone kind of rubs me the wrong way, they don't say something, they do say something, and I get offended. Well, here's the first thing I want you to write down in your notes, okay? I want you to write this down, and, I want, and we're going to talk about it. I want you just to admit it. I want you to kind of own it. So when someone says something to you, and it kind of just eh, grates you a little bit wrong, I want you just to, in your mind, just kind of acknowledge the fact that okay, that offended me. It doesn't mean you have to verbalize it, but just kind of zero in on that emotion of, of the fact that, okay, that was offensive to me. And I'll tell you why in a second. I think it's just important. But if we look at this verse, Psalms chapter 119, I had someone point this out to me one time. Psalms 119, 165 says this, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. See, pastor, no Christian should ever be offended. That's not what that verse says. That verse says this. That verse says that Someone who's studying God's Word is not offended by, by the things of God's Word. Why? Because they love God's Word. It's not talking about in church you're not going to get offended because of the fact we are going to get offended by it. But, but you will be offended. And Christian, whatever, go to a church, good church, big church, small church, it does, doesn't matter. You've got to be, uh, be honest and say, listen, something that someone just said hurt my feelings. And you've got to kind of realize it and kind of admit to it. Now, I'm going to give you some examples of how we're going to kind of learn how to process this from the book of James. So let's just say, for instance, uh, Dave, you're sitting in the front. Dave, and you're, you're, my, you're my guinea pig today, okay? You're here. So let's just say today Dave's here and Dave says, Pastor Dan, you have an ugly necktie, all right? Well, I could, my response could be, well, I'm just going to dismiss it. Dave has no taste anyways. 
And it doesn't bother me, and I'm going to go on and keep living my life, all right? Does everyone kind of get that? You're just kind of fine with it, right? Yeah, it's good. Or, or I could say, Dave, Dave doesn't like my, doesn't like my necktie. Dave, you know, last time I saw Dave, he said something else about what I was wearing. You know, I, Dave, he looks at me kind of weird. I think he's, I think he's upset. You know, Dave... Dave and his whole family, they just, I just don't know about them. For years, Dave has been looking at me strange about my clothing, you know. And I could start to build this, right? And I could make a case out of this. I could make a mountain out of a what church? Mohill. Yeah, you know people that do that sometimes. So, so I think we have to just kind of be honest with ourselves and just kind of recognize the fact like, like, okay, he said something, I was kind of stung by it, but I think we need to do this, is evaluate the level of the offense. Okay, so Dave said that to me. So I'm going to evaluate it. So I was offended by what Dave said, but is it something that's low? Is it, a, is it a low offense or is it a high offense? Is it something I can just dismiss and walk away? So Dave walked by Dave and Dave says, you have an ugly necktie. I just kind of go roll my eyes and say, well, he doesn't have taste either. And I just keep going off my day. It just doesn't offend me. And I don't even think about it again. That's a low level offense. Take a look at this verse, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9. Proverbs 17, verse 9. He that covers, take your pen and underline, covers a transgression. The word transgression literally means to cross a line. So the person that covers when someone else crosses a line seeks love. Okay, this is, this is very important. This tells me what? What does this verse tell me? This verse tells me that there are times when people will offend me that I can just dismiss. I can cover it. He crossed the line. He said something about my tie, but it's a low-level offense. I can dismiss it. The Bible says that it's possible. It is possible to dismiss some transgressions when, when people cross the line. It's not a big enough thing that Dave said that, that it really ruins my day or it ruins my relationship with him. The most important thing between me and Dave is that we have a good relationship, that a relationship grows. And the fact that Dave made fun of my tie, it just... It's, it's not going to affect me. I'm going to see him next week, and I'm not going to bring it up. I just won't remember it. it. I don't lose sleep over it. It's a low-level offense, and it's just not a big deal, okay? It's something I can kind of move on with. It's not a big thing, and I can just kind of keep going. So, so, Pastor, wait a second. How do I know? How do I know if it's a low-level offense or if it's a high-level offense? Well, a low-level offense, again, is just when someone says something, and you can just dismiss it. A high level, a high level offense is when it just keeps going. It just, it just keeps building. You ever have one of those? And night after night, you, you can't go to sleep because all you're thinking about is Dave making fun of your necktie. You know, and it's just irritating you and it's driving you crazy and they made that remark and it doesn't go away and it's just this, this huge thing. Take a look over here, Mark chapter 11, verse 25. Look at this verse, Mark chapter 11, verse 25. This is a great verse. And when you stand praying, would you take your pen and underline the word stand? When you stand praying, what are you supposed to do? Forgive. So again, we're back to this offense, this low-level offense that I'm at church or wherever and I'm standing and I'm praying, I can just forgive it. I just, okay, Dave didn't mean it. He didn't know. You know, it's fine. I can just go. I can just forgive. It doesn't say I have to write it down, I have to contemplate this, I have to have a church meeting for it. There, there's an offense that's low level enough that I can just, I can move on, I can just, I can keep praying and just, oh yeah, you know, I forgive Dave for saying that, I just keep going. 
Now, church, I've said this before. You've heard me say it. I think that forgiveness for Christians, forgiveness for Christians ought to be as natural as breathing. You just do it. You just forgive. Yeah, but we're Christians and we shouldn't get offended. But you are a Christian and you are going to get offended and you are going to offend people. It ought to be as natural as breathing. It's just, okay, I just, I forgive that person. I forgive that person. Trust me. As a pastor, I'm, I got to forgive an awful lot of times too, you know, but it should just be as natural as breathing and you got to forgive me. It just should just be that. But there's also that level. There's, that's a low level offense when it's something that you can just forgive as naturally as breathing. But then, Pastor, what about the high level? What about the high level offenses? What about the time that I'm offended? A plan changed, something got different, something happened, and I can't get over it. What do I do? This person really stung me. It just burned. Well, let's take a look at it. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. We're using all these great passages in the Bible to talk about it. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, so, so where's this person? Well, this person's at church, right? Okay, they're at church. And they remembers that thy brother has an ought against thee. So this person's at church. Okay, back in those days, it would have been at the temple, right, or the synagogue that had been having their services. So if you're there, and what does it say? You remember. You're at church. Now think, 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 Christians who are at church. Where is this person? They're at church, and what are they remembering? The guy next to me was kind of a jerk. The guy at church offended me. He rubbed me the wrong way. He stung me a little bit. Remember what he said to me last week? This tells me this happens with Christians. And where does it happen, church? It happens in church. Your best friends, the people you're sitting by, those other people that go to Dayspring are going to offend you and you are going to offend people. This verse says it's going to happen. Now look what it says. Therefore, when you bring the gift to the altar, so they're having, they're having offering and there, you remember that thy brother, the, the Christian person sitting there in church, has an ought or an offense against thee. Look at verse 24. Leave there thy gift before the altar. So set your offering down. Just stop what you're doing. And go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother. And then come and offer thy gift. So, so it says you're in the act of worship here. You're, you're at church. And there it pops up again. Oh, yeah. I remember that person that just walked in the door. Oh, they, they, they didn't say thank you. They didn't say hi. They didn't talk to me. They made fun of my necktie. They looked at me weird six months ago. They, they, and, and oh, man, it just keeps going in your brain. It's nagging on you. It's bothering you. What does it say to do? It says, okay, you got a priority here. You better, you better take care of your friendship before you sit here and praise Jesus in a, in, a, in, a, in a praise song or whatever, okay? He says it's so important, you better deal with it. But I think what's also kind of an interesting thing in the whole deal is, is, is why did this happen at church? Now let's kind of read between the lines a little bit. Why, why did this happen at church? Why in this story, why when they're telling this here in Matthew, are they using the example of being at church? Here's why, church. Because when you're at church, God has a tendency to deal with your heart, Right? When you're at the grocery store, God may not be working on your heart. When you're, when you're watching TV, God's probably not working on your heart. But when, when you're together in this room and we're opening up the Bible, we're studying this book together, the tendency is normally that God's going to start working in your heart. And you may remember that that person offended you. God's working at your heart at a church and you think about that relationship with you have with others in the room and, and, and you say, you know what, I've got to deal with this. This is something I need to deal with. You know, I see, I see it happen at church all the time. 
I'll see a couple walk in that, that I happen to know that maybe they're going through some, some, some struggles as a married couple, and I'll see the couple walk in the door, and they'll walk in those set of doors. And, and, you know, the husband will walk all the way over there, and he'll sit all the way over there. And the wife will walk in, and she'll sit all the way over there. And I, I'm getting up here ready to preach, and I'm going, it looks like today I'm talking about marriage counseling. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it's just that natural thing. But, but, but there's those times when people are just get offended at stuff, and there's that high offense, and, and you can't set it aside. If you don't want another day to go by, and it continues to come to your mind, it continues to build in your heart, it says you need to interrupt that worship and you need to go get that right. You may need to walk over to the other side of the room and say, brother, I just want to let you know that my relationship with you is more important than that offense, the fact that you made fun of my tie six months ago. And yours is more important to me. And you just get it over and you're just done with it. You just move on past it. Now, now, he also says this, though. He also says this, and we've got to kind of look at this. I think there's a reality, church, that we have to be careful that we don't, we don't over or, or ever extend the offense. We just don't extend it. We don't, we, don't, we don't bring it about to other people. Take a look at Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceases. So, so in other words, I think, church, we've got to be honest with ourselves that when we're offended, we stop talking about it to other people. We, we don't post our problems on social media. That's not in this book. It's not. you got a problem with someone, what are you supposed to do according to these verses? Well, I'm going to call all these people. I'm going to text all these people. I'm going to put it on social media. Where's that in the Bible? Can, can you show me a Bible verse? It's not there. You got an offense with someone? My Bible says you go talk to the person with what? With your mouth. <laughs> and before you go to church next Sunday, before you raise your hand singing a praise song, before you put the offering in the offering plate, you say, you know what? I'm going to get this dealt with. Take a look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13. Here's another good verse on it. A talebearer reveals secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit does what? He conceals the matter. So who's the mature person? Is the mature person the one that goes and spreads the offense to everybody else in church? No. The mature person is the one that does what? That conceals the matter. That says, you know what? This is between me and Dave. It's not anyone else's business. I'm, I'm keeping it to us, and I'm going to deal with it with him. And say, well, Pastor, but I just can't get over it. I just can't get over it. Well, listen. If you can't get over it, I want you to get this, according to this verse. If you can't get over it, now listen, this will be the best advice to give you all day. And if you'll get this, if you'll get this, this is going to save you a lot of heartache, all right? If you can't get over it, never, 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 make, make, make the point here, never talk to anybody else about the offense. Never. Never. No. It's not your job. Not, you're not supposed to do that. Don't ever do that. Just don't talk to someone else before you talk to the person that offended you. Okay? You get, you get that settled with that person first. Okay? Before you talk to anybody else about it. And you, we've just got to get this because we just, it's natural. It's natural for us to want to share our hurt with everybody else in church. Except for the person that offended us. It's also natural to this church. And don't do this, okay? And, and our church doesn't do it. It's natural to want to go to your pastor and air all the dirty laundry and throw everybody else in church under the bus while you're trying to get people on your side for your case. 
don't do that. Don't, don't, don't try to get me on your side. That's just not fair. Don't do that. If you're coming to me for counseling, that's one thing. But I've had people on the phone with me that, that you know, they, they call, we're talking about a problem. And in the midst of the first 30 seconds of the phone call, they throw everybody in church. Well, so-and-so and so-and-so. And I saw on Facebook, so-and-so. And I'm sitting there going, what, what, what is the purpose of this? You're throwing everybody else under the bus, so what? So that you look better. But don't do that. Just, I, I, you know, click. <laughs> I just don't want to hear it. And, and if you got an, an, an offense, if, if someone's offended you, don't communicate that with other people except for the person that offended you. you know, the biblical and the right thing to do is go directly to the person that you have an issue with. Never talk to other people before you talk to the person that's offended you. Don't draw more people into the issue than, than who are necessary to be part of the issue. It's just the way it is. Take a look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. Matthew 18, verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, listen, church, now look at it, go and tell him his fault. Oh, but who else? Between thee and him, church, next word starts with the letter A. So who are you supposed to talk to alone? That person. With other people? No. What's the Bible say? Alone. Put it on Facebook? No. Put it on Twitter? No. You talk to that person alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then. What's the next word? Then. What does the word then mean? It means there's time taking place. Okay? So if he hasn't heard thee, so there's a, there's a sequence, there's an order. Then, after that, with, with the one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church or the church leadership. So, so I got an offense here with Dave, and, 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 and it's not a low-level offense. He, Dave made fun of my tie, and I, I can't get over it, and it's just bothering me. And, and Dave looks at me weird every Sunday, and it's just a strange thing. And I, I want Dave as a friend, but it's just causing a real strife in our relationship. I go to Dave, and I talk to Dave, and Dave won't hear me, Okay. So then, 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 after that, then, I'll maybe grab two or three other people in church and it's like, hey, can you guys go with me? Can, can we talk to Brother Dave for the sake of reconciliation? Can we try to work through this? Can you help me see this? And Dave, Dave let's talk. The three of us talk. The four of us talk. Notice it only says, notice it only says, church, two or three. It doesn't say four or six or ten or your Bible study group, right? It doesn't say that. What's the number? Two or three. And Dave, we're all going to sit down together. Dave, would, you know, I hope that you can kind of see how you offended me. And, and no, your ties are stupid. Okay, you know. And Dave's going around causing problems. And he's, he's now, it's become a personal thing. And it's a big offense. And it's just, it's grown crazy. And 95.9.9.9% of the situations usually resolve right there. But if it's just something that's just gone big and crazy and it can't get resolved, then you go to leadership in the church. And it's pastor, we, we just got a problem in the church. We've got a couple of us that just, we just... It's becoming a big deal. He made fun of my necktie, and we just can't get over it. And now people are taking sides in the church, and now there's cliques in the church, and everybody's, you know, what side do you like Pastor's tie? The other half hates Pastor's tie, and we've got different services happening. This is then. But 99.9% of the time, you never have to go there. 99.9% of the time, it just doesn't happen like that because normally it's solved in the first two or three scenarios. Whether you talk to the person directly or you bring someone else with you, two or three, and you deal with it and it's over and you go on and that person says, oh, I see the problem. You're right. I offended you. Here it is. Great. Then let's solve the problem. And our relationship is that we've gained a brother and it's just wonderful. Now, church, just pause for a second. Let's just be honest. Think of all the times that you've been offended. 
in life. Okay, someone said something at work, whatever. Now just think, just, just think. How much easier would it have been if me and you would have just followed what the Bible said and dealt with it this way? Would it have been easier? Would it have been resolved quicker? Would have you gained some friendships? Yes, yes. But we, we have a tendency for destruction. You know what I mean by destruction? Our human nature is that I'm, I'm going to do it, and the way I'm going to do it is going to cause destruction and hurt. People are going to leave the church. People aren't going to talk to me. People are going to quit their jobs, and that's destruction. The Bible's way, though, is for what? To gain a brother. It's, it's construction. It's to do the good. So if we were just in our lives just to deal with the biblical way about dealing with a, a time when there's an offense, I think we'd just see a whole lot more peace, a whole lot more happy, happiness, a whole lot more unity in our relationships. You know, and I think what's interesting about this passage as we look at this, and, and we're going to get ready to get done here, there are no loopholes in that passage. You notice that? Oh, but pastor, pastor, my scenario is different. Mm, I don't think so. No, pastor, you don't understand. I got a different scenario. Mm, I doubt it. <laughs> no, no, pastor, the situation I'm dealing with isn't covered in the Bible. You don't understand. Yeah, maybe I don't understand, but is this book true for me and it's true for you in all situations, right? I don't think you got a different scenario. It may be, feel like it's different to you, but the Bible says, listen, why don't you deal with it constructively? And, and, and next, time, next time you get offended, and there is going to be another time you're going to be defended, or offended, the first thing you have to realize is, was that a high or low level offense? If it's low, I can just pass it on and I just, it doesn't even bother me. But if it's a high offense... I'm going to act mature. I'm going to, I'm going to act mature. I'm going to act appropriately. I'm going to take these biblical matters uh, biblically. I'm going to deal with them. I'm going to go talk to that person. I'm not going to spread the word. And I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to try to gain a brother from it. And sometimes, church, I think our problem is, as Christians is we just need to grow up. I think sometimes there's just a lot of immaturity, and we like to be like, you know, whatever, sixth-grade little girls, you know, running around, you know, talking in the locker room. Did you hear what so-and-so said about me? No. What is, you know, and that's the way we like to live, and, you know, we're in our 30s and 40s. We're past that now, okay? Don't, don't live like a bunch of junior high girls, you know, <laughs> running around the playground, you know. And you'll sleep better. You'll go to church better. You'll have better friendships. You won't be frustrated. Your friendships will last longer. Your relationships will last longer. Your marriage will last longer. You'll be in a church longer. You'll learn more. If we just say, I'm going to biblically deal with my emotions, biblically deal with my emotions, if we just take this book and we live by it, when, when plans change, when we are offended, I'm going to deal with it by this book and only by this book. I'm not going to let social media answer it. I'm not going to let my text messages answer it. I'm not going to, you know, roll my eyeballs and let that fix it. I'm going to deal with it the biblical way. Okay? Let me say this too and we'll be done. I think most of our offenses, church, most, remember I talked about low-level and high-level offenses, most of the offenses that happen in a church are low. Dave making a comment about my tie is not a high-level offense. It's just not, okay? It's just get over it, church. Grow up. Can I say grow up? I, I think that's kind of a big word. We just grow up emotionally it's not, but someone looked at me weird. Grow up. Pastor didn't talk to me in the hallway. Grow up. Someone, you know, someone made a strange face at me when they were, you know, walking through the hallway. They have acid indigestion. I don't know. Grow up. You know, I, I, you think, Pastor, that really happened? Yes, it really happens. Well, I just, I could tell. I could, I could tell the way that person was looking at me. Grow up, okay? 
99% of them offenses are low. Just water off a duck's back. Forgive the person. Next time you go to pray, I, I, I forgive Dave. It's not a big deal. He made fun of my tie. It's fine. He's got bad taste. It's fine. It's just fine. <laughs> and you get over with it, and you gained a brother, right? Dave, what do you think of Mike? You can't make fun of my tie. You're wearing a bow tie today. So, and that's an American flag. So, see, I'm already, I'm already worked up. You're making fun of my tie. Dave's going, I just sat in the front row. I had nothing to say about it. Hey, aren't you glad for the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? I mean, we talked about that, but the, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is what? I want everyone to listen to this. If you get nothing out of today what we talked about, I want you to understand this. The reality is this. The Bible says that all of us have done bad things. Now, just, would you just watch this for a moment? Just pretend that my, my, my glasses here are all the bad things we've done. So just pretend, pretend this hands me and you. The glasses are the bad things we've done. Now, can I, can I get you just to say amen here in a second? How many of us have done bad things? Amen? All of us, right? Is there anybody in this room that has never done anything bad? No, we've all done something bad. We stole a cookie from the cookie jar. We sped on the way here. We cursed. We swore. We watched something we shouldn't have. We've all done bad things. Now, here's the thing. The book of Romans says this. The cost, the wages, the mortgage, the mortgage for those bad things is death, eternal separation from God in a place called hell. Just pretend. Pretend this hand's God. God's in heaven, right? (laughs) There's no sin in heaven. There's no badness. That, That sin keeps us from going to heaven, right? But God says, I love you, but I hate the sin. If you die, and you will die, it's in all of our DNA, you will die. Without that mortgage being paid, you will spend an eternity in hell separated from God forever. God says, I love you, but I hate the sin. Now here's the cool part. These verses right here. Check out this verse, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It says this, for by grace are you saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves. It's a, what? It's a gift of God, not a works, lest any man should boast. God loves us so much that he said, you know what, you don't have to work to pay that. You don't have to go to church to pay that. You don't have to get baptized to pay the mortgage. You don't have to buy your own Bible to pay that. No, God said what he said right here in John 3, 16. Look at this verse. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Remember I said that the payment for that is death. Someone has to die. God said that whosoever believes in him, that's Jesus, should not perish but have everlasting life. God said this, if you would simply believe in the fact that when my son Jesus died on the cross, he paid the mortgage, you don't have to. And God says, you're forever part of my family, never to be forgotten, never to be left behind, but to spend an eternity with me in heaven. And you can never lose it. It's a matter of simply believing. See, I grew up when I was younger, I I used to think I had to be good or go to church or get baptized to pay for it. Nowhere in the Bible does it say being good will pay that sin debt. The Bible says simply believing, accepting the fact that, yes, when Jesus died, he paid it for me. I still sin every day. Of course I do. But my sins have been paid on the cross of Calvary. I've been forgiven of those sins. And God says, you are forever my child, never to be forgotten. So maybe this morning, maybe this morning, you, you think, well, I'll start coming to church and I'll clean up my act and I won't do that. And then God will look at me favorably. Well, I don't know if God's going to look at you any more favorably. I just, I just don't. I just, well, okay, so you quit smoking. Yeah, so what? <laughs> I think what God's looking for is this, is what are you trusting in? Are you trusting in the fact that you quit doing drugs to go to heaven? God's not impressed with that. Because who's going to pay for the sins you did yesterday or the day before? Or who's going to pay for the sins you did when you're in junior high? Someone has to pay the sin debt with death. The Bible doesn't say being good quitting drugs will get you to heaven. It says, no, 
Someone has to pay for those bad things by death. Someone has to die. It's either you for an eternity in heaven or eternity in hell, or it's by the fact that I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid my sin debt, buried three days later, rose again, and I believe that. Yeah, I get it. I can't pay for it. God, I'm a sinner. I can't, but I believe that your son did. I accept that. That's all God's looking for. That, that's, that's the entrance to heaven right there. I really do believe it, God. I really do. Not flippantly, not, yeah, I read about it, but I really do believe, God, that your, sin, your, your son died for my sins, and I accept that. That alone is what's paying my sin debt. God says you're forever part of my family. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's have a word of prayer today. We'll be done this morning. I think we had a good Bible study. I hope we learned some stuff. And I hope maybe today you've trusted in the fact that Jesus Christ paid all your sin debts on the cross of Calvary. Have you ever done that this morning? Have you? If you haven't, right now you should. You should right now. Just in the quietness of your mind, just praying to the living God so you can't make a mistake. God, I realize I'm a sinner. I can't pay my sin debt, but I believe Jesus died on the cross. He paid my sin. Three days later, rose again from the grave. And I'm accepting that as the payment for my sin. I trust in that as the payment for my sin. Is salvation that simple? Absolutely. If it was any harder, it would be a work. And the Bible says it's not a work. Lord, we thank you for all you've done. Lord, maybe someone here today has trusted Christ as their Savior for the first time. We're thankful for that. Ask them, Lord, that, Father, you give them a special blessing today. Lord, all of us are going to be offended. All of us are, are going to give offense. Could we learn how to deal with it biblically? Just, just Lord, 99% of our offenses within a church are low level. We ought to just learn to just dismiss them and, and just realize that, that forgiveness is just as natural as breathing. My closest friends, my, my family here at church will say stuff or look at me weird or forget about me or act strange or whatever. And we're just going to just forgive them because that's what Christians should do. But Lord, if it is a high one, if it's one we can't get over, we can't seem to get past it, we're just going to take the biblical approach. We're going to talk to that person personally, just one-on-one. We're going to talk. We're not going to write a letter or email. We're going to talk to that person one-on-one. And Lord, grow our relationship together. Grow our relationship together. Thank you, Lord, for a church that does practice this. And we pray. Amen. We are very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262 404 5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.